Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. It's so lovely to see you. Thank you for walking in with such bright faces. You look lovely today. Shall we all stand? We're going to go into a time of worship. Welcome to all of our online guests. Thank you for tuning in and joining us this morning. You are so welcome with us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that we get to come together with one voice to worship and adore you, Lord. We set our hearts, we set our minds on you. Father, you are faithful. You are faithful. So, Lord, we testify with our song, with our voices, Lord, that you alone are good, that you alone are worthy. Father, we value your presence. We value you, Lord. And we choose today to remember your kindness towards us. Thank you that you cover us with your peace. You cover us with your covenant of peace. That we are yours, Lord, forever and always. And we pray this together in your name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Let's worship our King together.
Thank you. 
Jesus, you are so worthy to be honored and to be praised and to be worshiped this morning. And we worship you as the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, Lord. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Lord, we worship you. 
We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your love for us, Lord. Lord, what a joy it is for us to worship you as King, as Lord, as the lover of our souls this morning. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Can I ask you just to remain in an attitude of worship and prayer? Just as the praise and worship, sing this chorus again. Allow God to fill in where you are lacking. If you need provision this morning, this is the place where you can experience the great exchange. If you're sick in your body, this is the place when you can allow and receive healing in your body. Wherever you are lacking, allow Him to fill in what you need. acknowledge you, we acknowledge your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here this morning. Thank you that you are here to connect us to the very heart of God. And I just speak to pain, I speak to backaches. In the name of Jesus, I say be healed. In the name of Jesus. shoulders that are in spasm. We just speak healing into those shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. Migraine headaches. I command you to leave right now. We say be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you love to administer healing to us. So we receive what you want to do. Healing bodies this morning be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. So I have the joy of sharing the offering scripture with you this morning. We believe that offering is an expression of our worship to God. 
And in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 30 to 33 in the Message Bible, Jesus said this, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. That's a question mark. He's saying, man, if God looks after the flowers, don't you think, man, you are so much more valuable than the flowers? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Amen. You know, when we are safe in the care of God, then it's easy to respond to what he is giving and it's easy to be generous because we are not afraid that we're going to lose out. We can respond to the spirit of God inspiring us, inspiring us to be generous because we know that we have a very generous father. Amen. So if you'd like to give, there's many ways you can give. There's um, offering boxes as you leave the church this morning, and then there's many ways online you can see um, the ways that you can give. So can we pray? Father, I just thank you so much that we are safe in your care. Thank you that you are a good provider, Lord, that you look after us and care for us, Lord, and that we can respond to your prompting to be generous, Lord, because we know that you are an open-handed, generous Father. And so, Lord, in everything, we always covenant to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory in your wonderful name. Amen. So we are so privileged this morning, um, not only to have our friend here, Lindiwe. Lindiwe, why don't you stand up for us? Why don't you just give her a welcome clap? Lindiwe is um, a pastor of the Vineyard Church. Uh, it used to be called King Williamstown. It's now called something else. And it's got a in there somewhere. And she pastors the Vineyard Church there, Victory Vineyard Church in that area. And she was passing through. So it's such a joy to have you with us this morning, Lindiwe. And this morning we have a guest speaker, Derek Lindley. He's known as Bishop Derek Lindley or the Don, um, the Mafia uh, Don. Um, and it's a really a joy for us to have him with us this morning. He's pastored two great churches in Pretoria and Polakwani. And so... Bishop, why don't you come up here and share the word of God with us this morning? It's so good to have you with us. He has now moved down to the Western Cape, and he's come to the promised land. It took you long enough to get here, but it's so good to have you with us here. And uh, please enjoy yourself preaching the word this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> morning, saints of God. Morning. Everyone happy this morning? Should be living nice now. Nisner beats the country in a lot of things, but mostly at the moment in the rats. <laughs> I, I was delinquent this earlier service. I forgot to introduce my wife, so God will forgive me. Out of all my wives, this is my favorite one. <laughs> I brought her to church. The others had to stay at home. Don't you want to just stand up, sweetie pie? It's my Julie. And uh, I, I've loved two women in my life, and this true story, 
other one was her cousin. So I was married for 40 years. My wife passed away. And Julie and I, Julie was a, a guest at our wedding, my late wife. And uh, long story short, uh, five years after my wife passed, Julie hounded me and then I decided to give up. <laughs> I said to Julie, I said this to her, she's proof that God's favor is still on my life. That's, that, that's, that's a beautiful marriage. When your wife proves that God's favor is still in your life. And so I just want to honor my wife and love her with everything inside of me. And uh, when we get to heaven, let, let me quickly tell a secret. Her and my late wife used to have a poster of David Cassidy in their rooms. And then they would put the lip gloss on their, on their lips and they would kiss him. <laughs> so well, there was one in her room and one in my uh, uh, late wife's room. And they used to kiss. So, you know, if, if you're my age, then you know David Cassidy was the heartthrob of every girl. But you see, they all loved old David Cassidy. And uh, um, so I just said, well... I have the privilege, I, I, I kissed both of them. And <laughs> uh, well, it's great to be here, it's great to be part of the family that we are here now in, in Neisner. And uh, yeah, I've been in the ministry for over 40 years and uh, counted on and a privilege to come here and I never ever stand in front of any audience or group of people or God's children uh, with confidence in myself, I always have confidence in the Holy Ghost, and I want Him to come and touch you this morning and make a difference in your life. Are you ready to be touched by God? Yes. Amen. Father, we just bow our hearts before you this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you, Father God, that all things that are done by inspiration of the Holy Spirit produce life. And we fully expect life to be produced here in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's the story told of this guy that went on his cruise ship, and when he was on the cruise ship, he had saved so long to get this, this cruise, to be able to afford this cruise. And uh, um, eventually he got to the state where he had enough money, he went, jumped on the cruise, and off they went. And while he was on the cruise, the captain called him and said, come and join us for dinner tonight. And, uh, you know, it's the privilege that the captain will invite someone and they'll have dinner together. So he declined, and... The reason he declined is because he had used all his money to buy the ticket and his one case was full of uh, Mari biscuits. And so he would sit at night and have his Mari biscuits, then he would go out and, and do his thing on the cruise. But nonetheless, he didn't have the money to buy all the fancies on, on, the, on the cruise. And the second time the captain invited him during this two-week cruise, and the second time he declined, and eventually uh, the cruise was over and he had never had dinner with the captain. However, as he was leaving the ship, the captain was there and said, Mr. Kukumur, we're so sorry that we missed you, free status. And uh, um, so, uh, actually, you can laugh if you want. That, that was a joke. I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought my joke was better than your laugh. Okay. So, he said, oh, so uh, you know, it's a pity that you didn't join us and things like that. And he said, I just want to be honest with you, Captain. I honestly didn't have the money to pay for the for the meal and things like that. And that's why I just, I only had enough money for the trip and that's why I stayed in, in, in my room. And the captain looked at him and said, what? He said, that ticket entitles you to every single meal on this ship. You have really paid the price 
all the blessing of the ship. And I want to say this to you that in uh, Proverbs, uh, sorry, Matthew 7 verse 1, the Bible says, and this is the, the, the very uh, foundation of our scripture, the Bible says, talks about God and his much more attitude towards us. Everyone say much more. So many of us are traveling on a cruise, and this cruise is called life, and we don't really know what, what is available and what has been purchased through the ticket that we have, if I may call it that way. And uh, the Bible talks here about uh, much more, and I want to suggest to you that there is much more to our life than what we are experiencing now. And I want to talk specifically to those that are my age-ish. If you've got gray hair, we, are, uh, we have a tendency to think that uh, there's not much more to learn and we've known, we know everything. The problem with that is that uh, um, we get pride, uh, proud in our way of believing. And if we have to say that it was wrong what I've believed and I'm going to change my thinking, if we say that we've got to say I was wrong for so long and many of us don't want to say that we were wrong for so long. My father said to me one day when I preached to him, he said to me, if I want to go to hell, I'll go to hell, and that's the way I've chosen it, and no one will stop me. That was my dad said to me. Because he couldn't take it that his son could tell him something he didn't know. And you must very be, be very careful that you don't reach a stage in your life where you're not open to learn. Anyway, long story short, three months before my dad died, he accepted the Lord and Savior, Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We sat in the Kruger Park. I led him to the Lord, and he's in heaven right now. So that's the good news about that. But... I just want to say, we, we must be very careful that we don't get to a stage where we think we know it all. And I want to say that I, I, I want to submit it to you that uh, um, you and I all have a lot to learn and more to know. And uh, the, what happens is, as we learn and as, we, uh, as is imparted to us the knowledge of God's Word and the knowledge of the much more life, that will develop a faith in us. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As we allow that to penetrate our heart, will it affect what we believe? Your life is a reflection of what you believe today. I'm going to say that again. Your life is a reflection of what you believe today. We're dealing with a subject of much more, and if we want to talk about money, then we get to the stage where people will say, we're not into this prosperity thing, and the prosperity gospel, and what, what, what. Well, I've been around the prosperity gospel when it was originally launched, uh, launched or a revelation of prosperity came to the body of Christ and I saw this message raped time and time again. We are in a bit of a revival and have been of grace and understanding of grace and I have already seen grace being raped by some people and I think you have seen that as well that some people can rape the grace message and uh, grace is never a license to sin but it's good to have grace when you have sin. Can someone say amen? Um, and so we see that there's, a, there's always a perversion of what God brings. And there was a perversion of the whole prosperity gospel. And uh, I was right in the middle of that. I refused uh, for a whole year when I started my church in Polokwane. I refused to talk about money because I, I, I wanted the people to know that I was there to be a blessing to them and bring them the word and not to take their money. And uh, uh, so it was irresponsible of me not to teach the people because I was robbing them of a blessing. And one day someone came to me and said, uh, Pastor, you're going to have to teach the people uh, about finance because you're robbing from them. And our income of the church in those days, it was 1986, was about 1,002, 1,003, maybe 1,600 on a landslide a month. 
and uh, our expenses were 2,500. So uh, no one's ever been there. <laughs> Ach, and long story short, so uh, <clears throat> I preached on finance for the first time after a year, and uh, the church income went up from one odd a month to 7,000 rand a month, and someone put a car in the offering and things like that. And I thought to myself, I should have preached on this long ago. <laughs> but I, I want you to know, just because something has been abused does not mean there is, is, there's not the real. Maybe you've been through a bad marriage and you were abused. I want you to know that does not mean that there's not the real. There is still the much more that's out there for you. God is a God of much more. And a failure in the past doesn't mean you are not... Uh, 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 much more is not available to you anymore. It is available. It's always available to you. So uh, that should encourage you, no matter where you find yourself, much more is available to you. But, it be, but it's up to you according to your faith. <clears throat> faith moves God. Yes, yeah, yeah, so some of you cry in prayer and you think you're, you're moving God. I want to tell you something. Tears don't move God. And prayers don't move God. However, oh, I said that. However, prayers in faith will move God, but some people don't pray in faith. See, faith is believing what God said. If God said he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, why do you cry when you're praying about your needs? You should be rejoicing and say, Father, I thank you. You, can, you said you'll meet this need. I'm going through a hard time right now. I acknowledge that, but I believe that you're more powerful than this hard time that I'm going through. Come on, help me, somebody. So when you pray and you pray in tears and frustration, that's not a prayer of faith. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's not a prayer of faith. That's, that's begging, bawling and squalling. God wants you to pray in faith, believing. Believing. Everyone say believing. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. I, um, I was uh, a young uh, preacher, not ordained, but I was in the traditional Methodist church, and I had three months to go before I was going to get my own church. And those of you who know Port Elizabeth, Algoa Park, anyone know? Algoa Park Methodist Church was moi Methodist Church. So they had delegated to me three months away, and I was having an experience with God and life with God, and suddenly I had a much more experience with the Holy Ghost. Everyone say much more. I want you to know no matter what you're experiencing right now, I don't care who you are, where you live, I got news for you. There is much more of what God has got for you right now. And I didn't understand that, but I'll tell you something. One day I got a dose of the Holy Ghost. I didn't recognize my own self. And when, uh, um, when I went to the leaders um, and to tell them about it, they ignored me. They, they were quite rude to me because they didn't know and didn't have the faith for the much more of God when it comes to the Holy Ghost. Everyone say much more. So we want to talk about much more, and that's what we're talking about. And here I find myself in the midst of the Methodist Church having a much more Holy Ghost experience. And to cut a long story short, I ended up coming amongst you bunch of happy clappies because of the much more experience. So you influenced me to be, yeah, okay, so it's your fault. But I got news for you. What I had and what I got was like chalk and cheese. And much more is better than more. Let me say that again. Much more is better than more. And so I found myself migrating from a place of more to much more in the things of the Spirit. And I want you to know, I'm saying it again, there is much more for you in no matter what you're facing right here today. One thing that they said to me when, they, when I left the Methodist Church, the guy called me and he said, I want you to be careful of the prosperity cult. 
The last thing that was on my mind was money. I mean, I just I wanted God. I wanted God with everything inside of me. I used to, I used to lie at, at night, the whole night awake, just crying out for God, wanting God. I mean, God baptized me in the Holy Ghost in Kredop, Nochal. I mean, can you believe it? I'm in the hotel. You know, when the man, I lay there, I just said, this is, if it's for, from you, and I'm a Methodist boy, and I said, Lord, if this is from you, I want it. And I lay there, and I raised my hands on the bed in the hotel in Kredok, and Rondela Shondela, you turn my boat, I tie your boat. And I started speaking other tongues. Someone said, well, I don't believe in that. And I don't, I've never got it. Well, that's fine. It's, it's not your problem because you've got to believe it before you receive it. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the presence of... Well, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. That's fine. Leave us alone. You've got to believe it before you can receive it. Maybe the reason you're not getting it is because you're not believing it. Well, you know, I know of somebody. Well, I don't know that person. I know the Bible. And if I study the Bible, then I realize what the Bible says about balanced prosperity. Everyone say balanced. I'm not talking about raping someone out of the finance and turning them upside down. I, I have taken world-famous preachers and wanting them to throw them off my, off my pulpit because they abuse people financially. So I'm not into that, but I'm into balanced prosperity. But people always complain, I don't believe in tongues, and I don't believe in this. Well, you're never going to let it worry you because you've got to believe it before you receive it. You want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and receive power from on high, everyone say, much more. You want to receive power from on high and much more, then you're going to have to start to study the Bible. What happens when you study the Bible? It's the Word of God. It brings faith and puts faith in your heart. And when you've got faith in your heart, you start to believe. And when you confess and when you speak, things start to happen. Things don't just happen because of it's, it's there. Things happen because you have faith in it that it's from God and then you can receive it. Prosperity can be received and baptism in the Holy Ghost can be received. And everything else, every other blessing that God offers through His Word comes through faith. Now, you might just have developed faith in certain areas to receive certain things. Maybe you're a good husband. You've learned through faith how to change your attitude, how to do things right and correct. And you've developed yourself into a good husband. But you know, that's not the only area that you need to improve in, you ugly thing. <laughs> Help me, somebody. All of us have got to improve in some area. I love to improve. It's a thrill. I want to be a better father. How about you? I really do. I want, to be a, I want to be a better grandfather. I've got, I've got seven grandkids. All, my, all the little mafias. <laughs> my grandfather was, uh, was Sicilian. So we, we have got some mafia blood in us. How do you know the difference between... <laughs> how do you know the difference when you're in a Cape Town church or a Cape church and a Transvaal church? In the Cape churches, when you finish, they give you a bar of chocolate. In our churches up there, they give you pop and sauce. That's how you know you're not in Transvaal anymore. Some of you need to learn to eat pop again. Change yourself. Come on, it's much more. Pop is much more. <laughs> okay, don't use that scripture. <laughs> but you need to know that God is a God of much more, and he's got much more for you. No matter where you're at, no matter what we're facing, there is an area in your life where it can improve. And if you can believe God for that, you can take you into the place of much more. Now, having said that, um, 
I tell you what, let's go to uh, Proverbs 3 first, and then we'll say what we need to say. Proverbs 3, let me just quickly uh, read to you from verse 13 and 18 of Proverbs 3. You find it? I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Have we, have we got it up there? Ah, Amplified Nohal. Okay. So we're just going to go carry on from 13. If you can scroll down as we go. Let's see how it works. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable is the man. Only for me, the gospel. Says the man. When it says man, it's referring to mankind, okay? So relax, ladies. Okay is the mankind who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gets understanding, drawing it from God's word and his life experience. Everyone's understanding. Have you got the next verse for me? Or we just got the one others? I can just find it here. Okay, I've got it here. I'm just going to continue reading now. It's from the Amplified Bible. For the gaining of wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and understanding is better than the gaining of silver, and the profit is better than a fine gold. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you can wish for is to be compared to her. Skillful and godly wisdom, knowledge. 16, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Right hand, length of days, left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are highways of pleasantness, and all her paths are paths of peace. Verse 18. She's a tree of life to those who lay hold of her and happy, fortunate, and to be envied is everyone who lays hold of her. So there's something that we have to lay hold of in terms of knowledge and wisdom that brings us into a place of happiness, to be envied, peaceful, blessing, prosperity. And yes, on long, you live longer and you have prosperity and you have wealth and you have uh, um, uh, ability to do stuff with money. Someone said, well, I don't want money. And anyway, don't you know that money is the root of all evil? Well, it is the root of all evil if, 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 you, if, you don't, if you don't read the Bible and you listen to Pink Floyd. Because Pink Floyd said money, so they say, is the root of all evil today. Well, who is they? It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the Word of God. The Word of God says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money, okay? So we're not, we're not gonna let money have us, but we certainly are gonna have money. And if you don't want money, I want you to know I do. And you are welcome to bring me your money. I know what to do with it. Okay, because I know it's not evil. Money takes on the nature of the beholder. If you put 20 bucks into uh, a, a Bumala's hand, uh, a hobo's hand, it's a dop. Everyone say dop. But you put 20 rand in my hand. Zol, I quip a zol. All I'm saying to you is your money takes on your nature. If you have a passion for boats, fishing, then, you know, you've you got a problem in your, in your garage with too many fishing rods. Okay? Your money goes to where your passion is. If you've got a passion for the house of God, your money comes into the house of God. If you just want to... Oh, that's so good to be careful. If you just take advantage of the house of God, then it must just give you and you never give back to it. The greed works... Greek word for that, I studied it. I have a doctorate in, in divinity. I've studied it. The Greek word is the word muhu. <laughs> muhu. You know that little fish that swims on a shark? What's, come on, you guys. What is he called? That guy. 
I mean, that guy's a muhu. He just swims by the shark and just feeds off the shark's blessing. You know what I'm saying? And we must be careful that we don't just swim off the, off the, off the, uh, the church and swim off the church's blessing. This is a good church. Can someone say amen? It's a good church, a good church to belong to, good church to be in. And, uh, um, but I want you to know that just as this is a good church and has good attributes and things like that, there's still more for this church. Someone say more. Okay, the church is not the building, the church is the people. Therefore, if I say there's more for this church, it means that there's more for you. Because you cannot be a blessing to this church if you are not blessed. Wow, that was good preaching. You, should, you, missed, you missed a good opportunity to throw money at me now. It's another difference in the Transvaal Church and the Cape Church. You have to be blessed for, to, to be able to bless this church. And God wants this church to be more blessed. And God wants to take this, place into, this church into a place of much more. Now, having said that, how many were you here last week when Pastor Yana preached? Okay, so you remember he spoke about the chicken. He said that the blessing is like, is like a, an egg from a chicken. and that, So we need to keep those eggs coming. Now and then he said the blessings break. Remember the chickens break, the eggs break, and then we need a miracle. Remember he spoke about miracle and blessing. How many of you were not in church last Sunday? Raise your hand. Okay, let's just look at the people with their hands raised and say, oh, shame. So, 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 so what has happened? What happens is the um, the chicken lays the egg. The egg is like lack of water. There we go. So, the chicken lays the egg. The egg is the blessing, and the egg sometimes do break, but. Fortunately, if the chicken's healthy, it keeps producing eggs. That was a good sermon right there. Come on, help me somebody. So what is the egg? Uh, or what is the chicken, should I say? We know the egg is the blessing. Everyone's, so the egg is the much more. You with me? But what produces the egg? The chicken. So what is it? 3 John chapter 2. Did you manage to change the Amplified Bible? But it's also if it's not. 3 John 2. Okay, I'll quote it. It says, Beloved. I pray above all things, or I pray, some, some says above all things, others says I pray that you may prosper and be in health. Prosperity and health are the egg. You with me? That's the blessing, prosperity and health. And the older you get, you'll find out health is more important than prosperity. You will, you'll find that out, trust me. But nonetheless, you, if you haven't got good health, you need some money to pay those doctor's bills, okay? Help me, somebody. So we understand that, uh, that all of us need an egg, and that egg keeping maintained in our lives will keep producing. But if the, the problem is when the condition of the chicken is not what it should be. And I'm using Pastor Janu's illustration here, that if the chicken is not what it should be. But yeah, is the key to the chicken. Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health, prosper and be in health, the egg, even as your soul prospers. The soul is the chicken. What did you learn in church today? The soul is the chicken. Are you going to say that publicly? Yes. Yes. 
I believe the soul is the chicken. Halleluja, brother. Was du das gaan vannacht preek oor die seel is die hoener. The soul is the chicken. The chicken is the soul. What is the soul? The soul is not the spirit. If you look at them from far, if you zoom out in the Bible perspective and you look at the soul and the spirit, it looks like they're the same. But they're the closer, you, if you magnify it, you get, as you get closer, you see they're actually two separate things. The word soul is the Greek word suke. It comes with where we get our English word psychology. Suke, psychology or psychiatrist. Suke, it's the soul. I'll tell you what it is now. The pneuma uh, is the spirit, which we get our Greek word pneumatics from, uh, uh, English word pneumatics. So the pneuma, when God breathed into Adam, he breathed pneuma, he breathed life, he breathed spirit into him and he, and he became a man. So without your spirit, you, you ain't going nowhere. The spirit is your life. It's the God kind of life in you. Now, the soul is your free will, your intellect, your emotions. And sometimes, as I say, if you look at them from far, they look like the same, the spirit and the soul. And most preachers preach them, especially in traditional churches, that the spirit and the soul is the same thing. It is not. It's two different Greek words, and it's two totally different functions and operations. The soul is the free will, the intellect, the emotions. A dog has not got a spirit, neither has your cat, believe it or not. That's the uniqueness of a human being is that we have a spirit. We are alive to God. Okay. So our soul is very important because out of our soul, the chicken, eggs are produced. Those eggs are the blessing of life. It's the much more. Someone says, but I don't want blessing. Well, then what are you doing in church? I want to walk in the blessing of God. Why? Because I cannot be a blessing if I'm not blessed. And I like to be a blessing. And he transfers it this lacquer on my blessing, Divius. In niceness, bloody marvelous. <laughs> I want to be a blessing. And I know if I'm blessed, I can be a blessing. If I have, I can give. If I'm rich, I can enrich. I had a friend of mine who always used to say, You're never a leader until you've taught someone else to lead. And you're not rich until you've made someone else rich. Otherwise, it's all about you. And this is not about the about you show. It's about the kingdom of God. Everyone say the kingdom of God. So we have a soul and our soul is vital because out of our heart, out of our soul, flow the issues of life. So your life is a reflection of the condition of your soul. If you don't like your life, it's not Pastor Steve's fault. His wife maybe, but not him. So, uh, <laughs> not When things are not going well, it's not someone else's fault. It's not your mother-in-law's. When, when your husband sleeps with another woman, it's not your husband's fault. I'm teasing. Listen to me. When your husband sleeps with another woman, I want to tell you there's a soul problem. Something has been produced. What's in your heart comes out of Inside of you, what's inside of you is produced around about you. So your soul is filled with the wrong stuff, and that's why you produce the wrong stuff. 
because guard your heart with all diligence, your soul, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. And everyone who's got this bad luck story that blames someone else, they can all go back to the own condition of their own soul. Um, I, I might not be preaching to make it very popular, but listen to me. I want to preach accountability for your life. It's not someone else's fault that you find yourself where you find yourself. There's people that were born far worse off than you that are doing better than you now. So it's not about where you were born. It's, not a, it's about the condition of your soul. I understand some people get different breaks in life. I'm not an idiot. I understand that. But I want to tell you something. The moment I say it's someone else's fault that my life is in a mess or that something in my life is in a mess, it makes it their responsibility to fix it. But when I say it's my fault, then I can do something about it. Taking your responsibility for your own life. All of us have been partakers of that song. Somebody done somebody wrong song. I've been abused. I've been stabbed by the people that I helped the most. But I can't allow that to make me bitter because then my soul becomes fraught. That's a mooi boerenwoord for you. My eie geest word fraught. And what do I produce in life? Fraughtheid. You are, you produce what's on the inside of you. And if you're always bitter, complaining, griping, that's what you're going to, that's why the Bible says, he, have friend, he, is, he, that has, he that is friendly shall have friends. Because you produce what's on the inside of you. If you don't like your life, work on your soul. Because out of your soul, out, out of your heart flow the issues of life. So you've got to get the chicken ready so the much more can be produced and the much more can benefit you and therefore benefit others around you. The problem in life is the condition of the chicken. <coughs> We're not looking after the chicken properly. And that's our soul. We've got to see what's going on with inside of our heart and inside of our soul. What we are thinking on. How, what are you thinking on concerning much more of God? Is much more, while you're thinking about it, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You know, what does God, what does God want you to, to live, or what areas do God, does God want you to live as a much more life? Can you identify with certain areas? I need to be, like I said earlier on about a husband, I want to be a better husband, so I need much more in that area. I, I need a better wife, I need to be a better wife. I need to cook better for my husband. Um, do you know that you can cook better for your husband? Stop saying you're a bad cook because you never go in the kitchen and try it. Just bum the business. Oh, what did he just say? <laughs> you see, everything starts with desire. If you want to be enter into a place of much more, then you need to get your mind renewed in that area of much more. If you want to be a better husband, you need to find out how to be a better husband how to get the Holy Ghost to operate in and through you to be a be, to speak the right words. Most of the problem, the reason that men are not good husbands and women are not good wives is because they don't know how to control their mouth and their mouth is linked to the soul and they talk rubbish. They're filled with days of our lives. Isi dingo. I don't even know what's on TV anymore. Over seven de Seven de long. As Yakarandas and by Naisna. What is it on Naisna? The Grantes. The biggest, one of the biggest 
things we can fall in is to start blaming others when our problems are in our life, when we're not walking in much more. We're jealous with other people that you don't know are walking in much more, but you don't know their journey to get to that place of much more. And if you have a good attitude during your journey, you'll get to much more too. But the trouble is we get jealous or bitter or we start and, and we destroy our own things because we get bitter inside. And what do we produce in our life? Bitterness. Because out of a... Out of a man's heart flow the issues of life. So you produce bitterness. You, ugh, and I don't want to live like that. I'm just honest with you. I don't want to live like that. So we've got to get to this place of much more. Did you find 2 Corinthians chapter 8? And we've got to get to this place of, of much more in every area of our life. Now, let, let's, go, let's go to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's go to the Corinthian church, and let's see what they were doing and what they were up to and, um, and what Paul was... Uh, relating to in terms of them and the churches in the area, like in Macedonia, for example. He says, I want to tell you, verse, uh, chapter, is it, okay, I'm going to read Amplified Bible, that's New King James. Okay, so we want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor, and the spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia. Notice what's on that church, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the church in Nisla. Let me tell you something. I've traveled this nation up and down. I've traveled overseas so much. I've preached really in a lot of places in the world. And I want to say to you, I know what a good church is like and what a good church is not like. And there's grace on this church. This is a good church. You need to hear me. If you don't think this is a good church and you've got complaints and gripes about this church, I'll tell you something. You need a checkup from your neck up. This is a good church and it's a good place to be in, Okay. And uh, um, so I, I, really, I really want you to know that God's grace is upon this house. But does that mean this house is where, it want, where God wants it to be? No, sir, it's not. It's on, the, it's on a journey. It's in the process. God's taking his church step and step. But if we get to the place where we're happy with where we're at now, we'll never improve and never be as effective as we can be as a church because our attitudes, your life is exactly the same. If you just accept where you're at and you're not even wanting to improve, you will just stay the same. God wants people of faith. God wants uh, Joshes and Caleb's that will go and say, we can take the land. We can go to the much more. We can go to the much more. We can go to the much more. You can go to being, I'm old now. Get over your old. You're still good at something. I'm also getting old. You know what I mean? I'm not as strong as I used to be. I, it's like, you know, other day, I want to get off the, uh, off the boat and tie it down. As I step up, I mean, whose back is this? It's not mine. Oh, <laughs> you know, I just, I just, I'm not comfortable anymore. I'm jumping off and on. A, but, but I'm still young and spirit and things like this, but I can't do things like I used to do. You know what I mean? Physically. So we get old, but you can never get old in your spirit. You can never get old in your attitude. You can never get old in believing. You can never get old in faith. Come on, help me, somebody. I'm preaching much better than you're amening. God wants to take us to a place of much more. Watch here, he says. So this is a church that is evident in, in the grace that's upon it. I can I testify of that. And if you're part of this church, you can testify of that too. Verse 3. For as I can bear witness, they gave these people. So, well, sorry, verse 2. For in the midst of an ordeal of severe tribulation, the abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in a wealth of lavish generosity on their part. 
For as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily, nogal, begging us most insistently for the favor and the fellowship of contributing in this ministration for the relief and the support of the saints in Jerusalem. So they asked the church leadership if they could give. I like that church. I haven't seen many churches like that in my life. I'll be honest with you, it did happen in our church from time to time. I remember once I was talking about a family that was in need, and while I was talking about the family that was in need, and I said, you know, as a church, we need to stand together, and I'm talking like this, and while I'm doing that, one guy raises his hand. So I said to him, I see that hand, brother, but it's not time to forgive the altar call now. No. So what, he wanted to talk to me. He said, he said, Pastor, why don't we do something about it right now? I said, cool, what do you want to do? And he just said, okay. So we, we took up an offering right there. And then we, and, you know, the church asked if they could give. <clears throat> That's a bit of a change, don't you think so? I like that. And uh, we can step up to that place of much more. And so, yeah, these guys were, were in the place where they were asking to give. So verse 5 says, Nor was the gift of theirs merely the contribution that we expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and let us as his agents be the will of God, entirely disregarding their personal interests. They gave as much as they possibly could, having put themselves at our disposal to be directed by the will of God. Verse 6. So much so that we have urged Titus that as he began it, he should also complete the beneficial, beneficent and gracious contributions among you. Verse 7. Amazing verse. Everyone say much more. Here it goes. Now as you abound and excel and in the front in faith, in expressing yourselves, in knowledge, in all zeal, and in your love for us. So this is a hot church. Can you see? There's things buzzing in this church. Say something like Neisner. Come on. This, is a hot, this church is cooking. You guys, look what you've done over the last couple of years in Neisner. Isn't it great? I tell you, it thrills my heart. But I'm not satisfied. And if you are, you're not healthy spiritually and you're not connected with God's vision because God wants to take us to a place of much more. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So God is always wanting to take us to a place of much more. And he never speaks to us where we're at. He speaks to us in our potential. So I said, what do you mean? Gideon, in the wine thresh, there is, you know, threshing wheat. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, man, stand up, you mighty man of valor. He was not a mighty man in valley. He was a muhu. He was running away. He was uh, he had a terrible self-image. I'm the least in my tribe. I'm this and that. All he had all the whole negative story. But God looked at his potential. He said, "Stand up, you mighty man in valley." And some of you are a bunch of mighty men and women of valley, and you're sitting threshing wheat, moaning instead of saying, "Lord, show me what my potential is." And I want to tell you, there's potential to take you to much more. There's potential to take this church, this house, to much more. But if you're going to sit back and gloat in your achievements and accomplishments, it's not going to be good. It's not healthy. We need to look at where we can go, not where we're at. You missed a good opportunity to shout amen or do something. God wants to take this church to a place of much more. So in every area. So he says, see to that you come to the forefront. And then he says, um, verse Eight, I knew. I was just checking if you knew. So, so verse 7, let's just read verse 7 again. Now as you abound and excel and in the front and everything in faith, in expressing yourself, in knowledge and all zeal and in the love for us, I see to it. 
He did, and this, this is not a request. This is, look, watch this. He says, see to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in this gracious work of almsgiving also. So don't just be good in all the spiritual things. Let's be good in giving as well. Did I just shoot a religious cow? Is it dying in the background there? I'm telling you now, there's only one reason people get offended when you use the word giving. is because they don't give. If I'm a giver and someone talks about giving, I get excited because I, I give. I, I do my part. I do. It's when a guy gets offended, he's not giving. Love me or leave me. It's the truth. And you're, you're only as rich as you have the ability to make other people rich. I mean, do you really want to die with your bank full of money? Do you? I mean, if you've got a wife, just give her some. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. But what I'm trying to say is, that, is God has a deal with us. He says, you give me 10%, I'll make the, the 90% go further than the 100%. I could stand here and tell you testimonies that will make you, your, your toes cool of how God has come through for me time and time again. And it's not because uh, uh, um, of me, it's because of his word. When I respond to his word in faith, a miracle is produced. And so much so with you too. But it's got to start with you believing that there is a place of much more for you, that you can go higher, that as a church we can do more, that as an individual you can be a better husband. A better wife, a better father, a better father to your children. You've got to believe that. Renew your mind. Stop saying and stop calling your kids idiots. Ah, oh, that kid's just a druggie. Is it? Be it unto you according to your faith. You just declared what you believe. Father, I thank you. You would work in my son, even though he's he's smoking it up now on on whatever. I thank you, you're at work inside of him right now, Father, restoring him. Rather let your words be words of faith to produce so you can get to the place of much more. I hate how people suffer. I've given my life for people that are suffering. But it's not going to help us to be people out of faith because that'll accomplish nothing. We've got to be people of faith. We've got to believe there is a place of much more. We can do a lot in this church. We really can. This is a strong church. It's a beacon in this, in this area. It really is. It really is. But I guarantee you, in my years of ministry, most churches run it at about 20% people tithing, giving. Now and then people tip God and say, thank you, Lord. Do your favor. We need to come to the front in giving as well. Just someone say amen. Just one person encourage me. We need to come to the front in giving. I, listen, this is not the pastor of the house. I'm not, what do I, I'm not trying to benefit out of anything. I'm trying to get you to benefit. I've had the privilege of, uh, I was always the biggest giver in our church, always. I, I refuse to, to allow uh, um, the mentality of the, the, the pastors just here to give. Uh, to take from the church. But the church, you know that the Bible says that the church, that the, the do not muzzle the ox that treads the, the, the corn. You know, the ox is the past the ox. So 
Pastor Steve is referring to the ox, the one who does the work in the house. And the Bible says he's worthy. I can say these things. Listen to me. The Bible says he's worthy of double honor. You can go and check that word honor in the Greek. It says money, honey. You check it to yourself. So it's not wrong for a church to honor the man of God. Is this what you told me to say? I'm just trying to remember. (laughs) I didn't even say this in the morning service, so you you need to understand I'm just speaking by the Spirit of God now. I'm telling you now, the, the, the man of God should be honored in the house of God. But he's not preaching this. I'm preaching this. I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm not looking for anything out of it. Do you understand that? I just want you to know that there is a way that seems right to, the, to man, but the end thereof is destruction. And it seems right to hold on to everything, hold on to everything, but the end thereof is destruction. Because at the end of the day is what you sow, you'll reap. And if you can start to believe that and try to trust God, that that seed that you sow will produce a harvest. Why? Not so that you can become Mr. Big Bucks in town, but so that you can become Mr. Big Giver in town and you do it quietly and silently and you love doing it. Love doing it. I love to pay people's bills and do, and do stuff. Uh, one of the things, it's little things, you know, other than your, the, some of the big things that God prompts you to do now and then. Love to, in the grocery line when you see someone and they're counting every cent like that. I love it because I see it as an opportunity to give. So someone said, do you do it every time? No. As I'm led by the Spirit of God. Oh, there's so many needs out there. We need to give to everyone. No, it's not true. You're not led by needs. You're led by the Spirit of God. Millions of the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Don't feel guilty because you don't tip everyone that comes and stands at your window knocking. You're not moved by needs. You're moved by the Spirit of God. But there will come a time where God will tell you to give. And that's when you give. But how can you give if you've got nothing? If you're not at the much more level, I love to be at the much more level. Determine in your heart to get to the much more level as an individual and as someone in this house. You need to understand on your trip, on your cruise, there's not just Mari biscuits. But if you believe there are just Mari biscuits, then be it unto you according to your faith. And eat the Mari biscuits. But as for me and my family, we're going to sit at the, ca- at the captain's table and have a dinner with him because I believe that God is a God of much more. And the price has been paid for much more. Someone say amen. You want to do ultra cool? I won't charge you extra. You can get it the same. Hallelujah. Amen. God is much more for each one of us. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet this morning? This is just an important part of the service where we can give people an opportunity to respond to the Lord Jesus. So can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with no one looking around. Maybe you're here this morning and it's your first time in church or you haven't been in church for a while or maybe you're standing here and it's like you've heard about God but you don't know Jesus personally. But I believe that God loves you so much that he brought you here this morning where you could come and just in your heart surrender to him and to his love for you. He loves you so much that he gave his son, Jesus, to die for you. And so I'd just like to give you an opportunity to respond to that. The Bible says we must be born again. We're born again in our spirits where we are recreated and made new by the Spirit of God. And Jesus is the only way to the Father. 
There was no one looking around if you're standing here and you know in your heart you've never ever made Jesus the Lord of your life. But you just sense him knocking on the door of your heart this morning. You hold the key. You're the only one who can open up your heart to him. So with that in mind, if that's you and you'd like to ask Jesus to come and be Lord of your life, it would be my joy and honor to lead you in a simple prayer for you to receive him and the life that he wants to give. So if you'd like me to pray for you, with no one looking around, I'm not going to call you to the front or embarrass you in any way, but I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And if you're standing here this morning and you say, yes, Steve, please, won't you pray with me? Won't you just slip up your hand, nice and high, so I can see you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down again. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hands as an acknowledgement that you'd like prayer this morning. So if you raised your hand or would wanted to raise your hand, won't you just follow me in a prayer? And if the congregation could also just join with those who lifted their hands this morning, just pray and just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. I believe you are Lord of all. I'm asking you, Jesus, to live in me. I confess you as my Lord. Thank you for adopting me into your family. I'm your child, that I'm loved, forgiven, cleansed, made new by your spirit. Thank you for saving me. And Holy Spirit, I pray for every person that is here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading each person, each one of us, Lord, into a much more life, to experience the quality and quantity of life that you have, that you've given so freely. Thank you for your word, Lord the truth of your word and for the seed of your word. Let it bear much fruit. And Lord, we're so grateful for your desire, your passion to love us the way that you do. And we respond to you and to your love, Lord, and to your word with a big yes, Lord. Lead us into the much more life. And Father, in everything that you do, we always covenant to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. In your wonderful name. Amen. 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 If you would like prayer, we have a ministry team in the front here who would love to pray with you this morning and stand in agreement with you. Um, If you put up your hand this morning, here in my right-hand side, there is a sign that says, What now? There is somebody over there who'd love to give you a book to help you in your journey. Always remember, you are highly favored and deeply loved of God. Have a great week and have a great cup of coffee with us. This morning, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us this morning.